Welcome to Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen, where we help you navigate the challenges of feeding your family and learn about the role food plays in our health and relationships. Feeding and food relationships can be stressful, confusing, and even destructive. I'm Kristen Saxena, a pediatrician and mother of four who's been researching and sharing what I've learned about feeding for over 10 years. In this podcast, I'll share my experience and expertise to help our kids and ourselves with everyday survival tips for real parents. This podcast is about progress, not perfection. So let's get started. Welcome back to Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen. I'm your host, Kristen Saxena. On today's episode, I am going to share with you some of the lessons that I have learned producing this podcast. It's really hard for me to believe that we've been recording the Feeding the Family podcast episodes for an entire year. The first episode of Feeding the Family aired August 21st of 2021, and since then, we have recorded two full seasons of material. In that time, I've had the opportunity to speak with numerous experts who've shared their insight and knowledge to not only help us learn how to best approach feeding our families, but also to discuss topics important to our survival as parents, including learning how to create positive change in our lives and become more mindful of the lives that we're living every day. I was able to laugh, collaborate, commiserate with members of our mom squad who've kept us grounded and reminded us that keeping a sense of humor is key to survival as a parent. Finally, I've had the opportunity to share with all of you a lot of the tips and tricks I've learned along the way of doing my research into the topic of how we can best approach feeding our kids and ourselves. As a pediatrician and mom with no experience creating or recording podcast episodes, uh, I have to say that it has been an incredible learning experience. It hasn't been easy. Uh, The process of learning how to tolerate hearing your own voice without completely cringing is a skill in and of itself. But beyond that, I'm grateful for the opportunity that it has given me to explore this topic that's so near and dear to my heart to learn from some incredible experts and to share what I know in a way that I hope can help a lot of families and take the stress out of mealtimes while bringing more health and joy into their lives. What I may not have told you from the onset is that the reason that I even got the idea to start this podcast is that I'm writing a book. Uh, This has been a goal of mine for maybe eight to 10 years or so, Um, but it's something that I really became serious about over the last couple years. The book is entitled The Happier Meal, How to Enjoy Your Food and Your Kid, uh, and is about, you guessed it, uh, how we can approach feeding in a way that is low stress and promotes both physical and mental health for the whole family. As part of my research for this book, I was already speaking to many experts in the field, as well as friends of mine about their knowledge and experiences with feeding and really parent life in general. This podcast has given me the opportunity to share a lot of that knowledge and experience with you, even on topics that maybe didn't neatly fit into my book. Most importantly, The questions and feedback I've received from all of you along the way have been integral to shaping the chapters of this book, guiding me along the way so that I might be able to create a guidebook for us real people who are doing our best and facing the challenges of everyday modern parenting. I'm excited to announce that my book is officially in the revision and editing stages. Although there's substantial work ahead, um, if you've written a book, you know that this is a huge milestone for me. 
I'm proud to announce that the book, The Happier Meal, is set for publishing in early 2023, and I'll be sure to keep you posted uh, on a more firm date as that comes available. Starting next month, we'll be embarking on season three of the Feeding the Family podcast. Can you believe it? In season three, I really want to focus specifically on the topics that I'll cover in the book, using the podcast to really take a deep dive or visit a specific question, strategy, or challenge that you might be facing. As a busy mom myself, I often feel pulled in many directions simultaneously, and I understand that your time is super valuable. I think the podcast can be an excellent tool for moms and dads looking for a useful tidbit, food for thought, motivation, but maybe they only have the time during the drive back from school drop-off to get such things. I'm really excited to get started with our upcoming season and pumped to share my book, The Happier Meal, with you in the coming months. As we close out season two of the podcast, uh, I wanted to take a minute to share some of the things that I've learned from the process of creating this podcast and the book. The first thing that I really wanted to mention that I've really learned is the importance of continuing to move forward. This is one of the biggest lessons that I'm taking away from this whole experience. When I think of writers, whether they be journalists, authors of books, or even other podcasters, I have this vision of them set up in their cabin, looking out the window into the forest and writing for hours on end, uh, the poetic and powerful words effortlessly flowing from their fingertips. Well, I can tell you that none of my book or podcast episodes were written on Walden Pond, but instead, usually in the early morning hours before the rest of my family woke up, or maybe as the conglomerate of notes that I quickly jotted into my phone as I heard something or engaged in a powerful conversation with a friend. It was easily along this whole process to often feel like I really wasn't making much progress at all. And at this stage of my life, it can be hard to find time to work on these projects among the multitude of tasks that pull us in a thousand different directions. To be honest, there have been many times when I felt discouraged by what I felt like was a lack of accomplishment, not able to get done what I'd hoped to in a day, a week, a month. However, reaching this point, a year of podcast episodes under my belt, a book that's finally reached the editing stage, I can see that even in all those days that felt very unproductive, I was actually making enormous strides by just simply continuing to move forward. A good friend of mine once said to me that when you continue to move the needle forward, even by 1% or even just a fraction of a percent consistently, you start to see enormous benefits over time. It can be oh so hard to see it while you're in it. And at the end of the day, it often feels that you really didn't do much of anything at all. There's this quote that I really like by Bill Gates that says, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. I think that this is very true. And it even holds true in the sense that I think many of us overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do even in one year. The other lesson within this has been that progress is not linear. Um, there will be times when things are moving forward and there'll be other times when you feel stagnant or even that you're backsliding a bit and need to reevaluate what you're doing. It can be so hard, trust me, I know, but focusing on the long play, celebrating and building on the little wins and simply putting your efforts into constantly moving forward is the key to accomplishing your long-term goals, whether that be writing a book, learning a new skill, working on your physical or mental health, 
or improving the way you feed your family. It's all about creating forward momentum in the life that you create in one year or in 10 years. When you focus on simply moving in the right direction, things will be drastically different. My second big takeaway from this experience is that it's important to try new and hard things. I have on more than one occasion asked myself if I have some sort of sick obsession with putting myself in positions that are stressful. I started this podcast and this book with virtually no experience in either one of those fields. And in both, I have felt at times excruciatingly uncomfortable. I felt significant imposter syndrome feelings. Uh, with podcasts in particular, I've had some episodes that we recorded that really just felt completely uncomfortable. Recording and sharing my thoughts with the world at times feels super vulnerable. There were some recordings that felt great and other times that felt like total flops and failures. I think as adults, we often feel like we shouldn't do something unless we're good at it. And I think it often holds us back quite a bit. This is not any sort of advice that we'd give our kids. Can you imagine if your eight-year-old child wanted to join the basketball team and you told her she shouldn't because she isn't tall enough, she isn't good enough, she's never played before? Would you suggest that she quit if she felt like she didn't know what she was doing after the first practice or after a few practices if she totally screwed up in one of her games? I mean, of course not. But I think as adults, we often get into this line of thinking. The truth is that I think if you're not failing sometimes, you really aren't challenging yourself. Failure is often the best teacher and it's what challenges us to grow. Growth is almost always uncomfortable. And as a recovering perfectionist, it's been a hard lesson to learn. But I've been able to grow more and more as I've become more willing to look stupid and just be a novice. A recent experience I had unrelated to the podcast was that two years ago, I signed up to participate in a triathlon. It was a sprint distance triathlon. So if you're familiar, it's really among the shortest recognized triathlon distances. Um, I mean, I'm physically able to swim and bike and run, but to be honest, I'm really not particularly good or fast at any of them. I never in my life attempted to do all three activities back to back in one day. And um, I have what could only be considered a mild phobia of open water swimming. In fact, all my snorkeling experiences have started with a few minutes of sheer panic as my loving husband held me until I realized I wasn't gonna die. So of course it made sense that I would sign up for this because I'm a little crazy, but really I wanted to prove to myself that I could do something that to me seemed hard and scary. I trained for several months. I showed up, I jumped in the lake. I went through the obligatory panic attack for the first few minutes of the swim, but I talked myself through it. I made it out of the water, threw up on the beach from all the anxiety and got on my bike, finished the race. I didn't finish last, but pretty darn close. Um, and everyone else seemed so experienced and skilled, and they were, but I didn't care. I finished. It wasn't pretty. It certainly wouldn't have been impressive. But right after it, I got in my car and I cried because I was proud of myself simply for doing something I wasn't particularly good at, but that I knew would be hard and scary. You don't have to be good at something to do it. In fact, the only way to grow is to put yourself in these kind of uncomfortable situations. I will tell you that as many podcast episodes I have put out that I felt self-conscious about, overwhelmingly people have only built me up and given me positive feedback. As stupid as you feel for failing, I think people are often just more impre impressed that you had the courage to try.
So the third big takeaway I had through this experience was to be mindful of what you feed yourself. And this is true on so many levels. We talk a lot on the podcast about food, of course, but I think the sense of mindfulness and being aware of what we're feeding ourselves on all levels is of utmost importance. We've talked about intuitive eating, tuning in, being aware of the cues your body's sending you, the way that certain foods and eating habits make us feel. We've talked about educating ourselves about the way certain foods and eating habits can be helpful or harmful to our health. But as we've talked about with many guests on our show this season, Damon West, author of The Change Agent and The Coffee Bean Story, Anthony Chavez, who talked to us about mindfulness and meditation, and Charlotte Markey, who talked to us about body image for girls and boys, what we feed ourselves truly goes far beyond the food that we put in our mouth. On the one hand, we all know that social media can be toxic and dangerous, but that said, not all social media has this effect. Certainly, there's lots of positive, inspiring educational material that's to be found, and in fact, that's what I strive to create on our own social channels. One good way to do this can be to carefully consider any new follows you make. And every time I do follow someone, I eliminate someone who overall has a more negative influence on my mind. For example, this morning, I started following Kermit the Frog and stopped following Madonna. Don't get me wrong, I love the material girl, but her recent posts were making me sad. Motivational speaker Jim Rohn once said, um, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. When I think of that, I think the fact that four of the people I spend most of my time with are children, and that may explain my own maturity level. But truly, I don't think this is a hard, fast ruler math equation, but instead a reminder that the people that we surround ourselves with truly form us. Not only how we conduct ourselves, but how we view ourselves. Especially as a parent, your free time, social time is limited. As such, it makes sense to be stingy about who you're giving your time and energy to, especially when you realize that it's so crucial to your own well-being. It's super important to surround yourself with people who challenge you, inspire you, who are truly happy for you and your successes, and who you know you can call or text when you need to vent without fear of being judged. The other piece to this is sometimes even harder, which is setting boundaries in or eliminating those relationships that brew negativity, repeatedly require you to be put in positions you're not comfortable with, um, or people that are just truly not interested, invested in what is happening in your life, or don't reciprocate the efforts you put into the relationship. This can be hard, but remembering that these people are shaping me, whether I like it or not, helps me to do the hard work that can be required to be mindful of who I spend my time with. I spent a long time in my life being somewhat motivated by being hard on myself. I was so hard on myself that no one really needed to be hard on me. But as I've grown older and with experience, I've realized that I may not know exactly what the purpose of life is, but I'm pretty sure that the purpose of life is not to hate yourself into submission. It becomes more and more clear to me that life is short. We never know how long we'll have. We never know how long we'll have the quality of life that we know now. And life is too short to be mean to yourself. I'm a big fan of Mel Robbins, if any of you follow her on Instagram or social media. She's given the advice before to look yourself in the mirror every morning and give yourself a high five. Sounds a little silly, but I started doing this most of the time while I'm brushing my teeth. 
Admittedly, I don't actually high five myself most of the time, but giving myself that split second where I look directly in my own eyes like I would if I was intently listening to a friend and just thinking good thoughts about the person who's looking back at me in the mirror has over time helped me understand the importance of being compassionate toward myself and loving myself the way that I would any one of my family or friends. Well, that's all I have today. I hope that in sharing some of the lessons that I've learned in the last year or so working on this podcast, a little something has resonated with you and you found a little nugget of positivity to take with you today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the support I've had in this effort and love that I have this forum and opportunity to bring less stress and more health and joy to parents and families everywhere. I'm oh so excited to start season three with all of you. We'll be taking a short hiatus for a few weeks to get things ready as we gear up to create content closely related to the material in my book, The Happier Meal. And we'll be excited to share the publishing date and first prints of my book with all of you as soon as they're available. It would mean so much to me if you'd help us get the word out about this podcast to other parents who might find it helpful. Because of the algorithms that help people find podcasts such as this, leaving a rating, especially with some comments, would be super helpful. If you have a minute, please leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for joining us on Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen. We look forward to talking to you again in a few weeks as we kick off what will surely be an incredible season three.